Matthew chapter 28 is where we'll be. We're going to bounce around a little bit this morning as we look at different parts of the Word of God specifically on what the Bible says about baptism. Um, Today's an exciting day for me. Uh, Two of our young people have um, come to us and they have verbalized their desire to follow the Lord Jesus Christ in obedience to his command. They want to be baptized in water. And uh, we have the baptismal tank filled and ready to go. And so at the fol- following the message this morning, uh, Ryan Ashley and Olivia Ferguson will come and I'll have the privilege of baptizing them. Um, the question I would have is, why, why do we baptize? Have you been baptized? Um, have you been baptized biblically? Have you, do you, do you have a, if not, have you, if you haven't been baptized, do you have a desire to be baptized? Why should a person be baptized in water? It's a, um, during Jesus' time and John the Baptist's time, there were uh, men who were baptizing in water. Um, John the Baptist, there was a baptism that was unique to him. And of course, Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist. And then uh, Jesus gives us this command that we are to follow him in believer's baptism. And there's confusion in our world today about baptism. What does it mean? Why a person would do it? What exactly is baptism? There is some confusion about that. Some religions teach that being baptized is to be sprinkled by putting a few drops of water on someone's head. And uh, in some religions, they do that to babies. They call it infant baptism. But the Bible does not anywhere talk about infant baptism, and we'll, we'll see some reasons why that is this morning from the Word of God. And so really, though it, they may call it infant baptism, it really is not baptism at all. And there are some of you here, you were baptized as an infant. Your parents, meaning well, took you to a place, maybe a priest, and uh, they put drops of water on your forehead or on your head. Other religions teach that baptism is pouring, and so it involves a little bit more water, but now they're going to pour water on the head of a person or on a a part of the body of an individual. But is is that what the Bible talks about when the Bible says to be baptized? And we're going to see again from the Word of God, baptism is actually... Uh, when a person is immersed in the water, they actually go under the water, and the water is all around them. That is the word, the, the word baptize actually means to immerse, okay? It, it, so by definition, sprinkling is not immersion, it's, therefore it's not baptism. Or pouring, um, no matter how well intended a person may be, no matter how sincere they may be in their heart to do something that is right and is acceptable or receives the approval of other people, or maybe a religion, being poured upon is not immersion. Therefore, it is, it is not baptism. So what method is taught in the Bible? Look at Matthew chapter 28. I'll begin reading in verse 19. We're going to come back to this passage over the next couple of weeks, but we're just going to focus today on one particular word. In these verses, look at Matthew 28, verse 19. Jesus, he has been raised from the dead. He is speaking his last words to the apostles before he ascends to be with the Father. 
um, waiting to come back to rule and reign for all of eternity. Verse 19, Jesus says this. He says, go ye therefore and teach all nations. That would be discipleship. And then he says, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Let's pray, and then we'll answer this question. What does it mean to be baptized? And, uh, and as, as I preach and teach the Word of God to you this morning, if you're here and you've been immersed, or if, or, or excuse me, if you've been sprinkled, or if you have have been poured upon, my goal is not to offend you. That is not the goal in any way. Our goal at Trinity Baptist Church is to know what God says in His Word. And while everyone in our day seems to do that, which which is right in their own eyes, our goal as a church is to submit ourselves to what the Bible says in all things, and that would include baptism as well. And so my prayer for you is that your heart would be open to the word of God and that the Lord would speak to you by his spirit. And if you haven't been baptized biblically, I encourage you to obey the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, you, we will never be happier or more fulfilled or have greater peace than we are obeying, than when we are obeying the Lord Jesus Christ. And it starts with baptism. Let's pray together. Father, help us, I pray, as we look at your word. And uh, there is some um, disagreement within religion today about this matter of baptism. But Lord, we really, uh, we love people, but we love you most of all. We love you like no other. And so when you give us instruction from your word, we want to obey it. And sometimes we struggle to obey it. Father, in our flesh, we don't want to obey you, but ultimately, Lord, we know your way is best, and we want to obey you. We love you because you first loved us, and so I pray that you'd be glorified this morning as I preach your word and as we receive the truth of your word in our hearts, and Lord, I pray that we as individuals would obey your word. I pray these things in Christ's name, amen. So what does the word baptize really mean. And that's what it says in verse 19. It tells us that we are to go um, because all power is given unto the Lord. You see at the end of verse 18, in heaven and in earth, Jesus says, because I have all power, because he has all power, he says to these disciples, I want you to go and uh, therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Now, when someone's baptized, it's uh, an act of their will. It's volitional, okay? So we're not to go around and grab and arrest people and immerse them in water. That would be inappropriate in every way. But when a person has believed upon the Lord Jesus Christ for the salvation of their sins, they've been forgiven of their sins, we are to teach them what the Bible says, what the Holy Spirit of God has taught us by his word, And we're to baptize them, we're to lead them to follow the Lord Jesus Christ in believer's baptism. And the word baptize literally means to immerse or to plunge or to to dip into something that surrounds them and covers them. So what what does Trinity Baptist Church believe about baptism? 
and baptizing people in water. Because and why do we believe this? Well, we believe this because this is exactly what the Lord Jesus Christ has told us to do. After Jesus was crucified and he was buried and he rose again the third day, uh, and before he returned to heaven, Jesus gave this command to his followers. He said, go ye therefore and teach, that's making disciples, and we're going to talk about that in the next couple of weeks, of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And Jesus said it, and his church, the body of the Lord Jesus Christ, ought to obey him. I want you to look with me, if you would, to the book of Acts. It's close by. We're going to be looking at several passages of Scripture today. Acts chapter number 8. Acts chapter 8 in your Bibles. And we read in Acts chapter 8 about a time where a man who is an Ethiopian, he was a, uh, the Bible identifies him as the Ethiopian eunuch, we read about a man who was, who was riding in his chariot. He had gone to Jerusalem to worship. He did not know the Lord. He believed in God. He was searching for the truth. And upon his return back to Ethiopia, God sends someone to him. Now, the Ethiopian eunuch, as he's riding along in his chariot, he is reading from a scroll. He would not have had a Bible bound in, in copy like you and I have it today, but he was reading from a scroll, and specifically... He was reading from the Old Testament book of the Bible called Isaiah. And the Ethiopian eunuch was reading about the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the promised one of Israel. But as he was reading about this, the one, the promised one of Israel, the Messiah, he didn't know who he was reading about. He had some questions. And God sent a man to him to help him to understand who Jesus Christ was. And the Bible records for us in the book of Acts, chapter 8, that the Ethiopian eunuch believed upon the Lord Jesus Christ, and then he was baptized. Look at verse number 36 in Acts, chapter 8. Verse 36, the Bible says this, And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water. So Philip is in the chariot with the Ethiopian eunuch. He's telling him about the Messiah helping him understand the word of God. They're riding along. They come to a certain body of water. And the eunuch said, see, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? Um, the question is very simple. We have a body of water here. Um, what is it that would keep me from being baptized in water? And that's a question for maybe some of us here this morning. Why? Sh what would keep a person from being baptized? Well, look at the very next verse. In verse number 37, and Philip said, if thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. So what comes first, baptism in water or believing with all a person's heart that Jesus Christ is God? And he, is, he, he was crucified and he was buried and he rose again. What comes first, believing or being baptized in water? The answer is believing. And, and Philip tells him, and, and it's interesting to me that the Ethiopian eunuch had this desire. He sees water. Philip didn't say, hey, here's water here. You ought to be baptized. The Ethiopian eunuch looks at the water and he says, here's water. What does hinder me from being baptized? And Philip says, if thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And this man was coming to faith in Christ 
He we wanted to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, and therefore he wanted to be baptized. He wanted to be baptized. You know, each both of the young people who are going to be baptized at the end of the service this morning, they came to us. We didn't go to them. They came to us. They came to us because they want. They believe that the Lord is. the Lord is God. He is the Christ. He died for them. He took their sins away. Um, they came to us because Jesus has commanded that they be baptized and they want to obey him. They want to obey him. And uh, that's why a person is baptized. And the Ethiopian eunuch answers Philip in verse 37. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went down both to the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. Now, again, what does it mean there when it says he baptized him? He immersed him. You have this, this, this Ethiopian eunuch, a man of some renown and some reputation, and he's willing to go down into the water, and Philip, this man, I don't know if the, if the Ethiopian eunuch had ever met him before, but... He takes him down into the water with Philip, and they go down, and Philip immerses him into the water. And when a person is baptized, we we float. You know that, we float. And I had to tell both the young people the other day as I was meeting with them, I said, now, here's where you'll stand, and here's where you'll sit, and then here's what I'll say, and and here's how I'll hold your hand. You know, I said, make sure you let air out of your nose and your mouth, or you can plug your nose if you'd like. We don't want anybody sputtering and coughing, you know, and those sort of things. It wants to be a pleasant experience, not the the day you have nightmares of for many years, you know. And I told them, I said, now, I'm going to put one hand here and one hand here, and then you're going to feel me push you under the water. I'm going to, because we're buoyant. We float. People float. Some people better than others. And, uh, And I think about these things, and I'm not making light of it, but this would all have had to happen in this body of water. They went down into the body of water and Philip with the Ethiopian eunuch and he would have pushed him, immersed him into the water, the water all around him. Look at the passage in verse 39. And when they were come up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord caught away Philip that the eunuch saw him no more. And the eunuch went on his way rejoicing. Now, I don't know that that's going to happen to me today. Okay. If it does, well, hopefully I'm with the Lord in glory, but I'm not expecting that to happen today, okay? But it happened to Philip. Why was, uh, you know, after the Ethiopian eunuch was baptized, they came up out of the water. Now, according to to these verses, what method or mode of baptism do you think was used? Was it sprinkling? Was it uh, pouring? No, it was immersion. This is baptism. This is, this is water baptism. Um, in John chapter 3, and we won't take the time to turn there, but in John chapter 3 and verse 23, the Bible teaches that John baptized in a place called Anon. And, um, and the Bible actually tells us why he says he baptized in John, Anon. It says, because there was much water there. So what kind of baptism do you think they were doing there in Anon. Immersion. Because there needed to be much water there. Sprinkling would not have 
required much water. Uh, pouring would not have required much water, but immersion does require much water. Now, does, does water baptism save a person? Are, are, is Ryan being baptized in water today so that he will be saved by being immersed? Or is Olivia wanting to be baptized in water so that her sins will be taken away? And the answer is no. There are some people who teach that water baptism is necessary for salvation. I believe that is wrong. I do not believe the Bible teaches that in any way. Some people teach that a believer in Christ is not saved and his sins are not forgiven until he is baptized in water. But is this what the Bible teaches? I'm going to read to you a, a smattering of verses here about what is required of a person to be saved from their sins. Listen in John 3 and verse 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It doesn't say believe and be baptized. In John 6 and verse 47, the Bible says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, Jesus says, hath everlasting life. In John, excuse me, in Acts chapter 10 and verse 43, the Bible says, To him give all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall have remission of sins, forgiveness of sins. Have you ever done something to someone and it was wrong of you, you said something, um, maybe you did it in action, you wronged that person, and for a while, you would hurt them so deeply, they had the hardest time looking at you, there was no peace between the two of you, if you were in the room, they would look for an opportunity to leave the room, and things were just not right between the two of you because of your sin against them. And then, can you remember a time when that person came to the point where they forgave you of your sin? They let it go. It didn't undo what you had done. You had done it. You had said it. You hadn't done it. You were not kind. You were not loving. Whatever the case may be. Nothing, nothing that they could do or that you could do now could change what you had done in the past. But there came a point when that person forgave you. They let it go. And maybe you deserved consequences. Maybe you, des- you didn't deserve their love or you didn't deserve kindness from them. But they let it go. They forgave you. And your relationship with them began to be restored. They no longer left the room. They spoke kind words to you. Maybe they encouraged you. Maybe they verbalized to you. Listen, we don't have to go back over it anymore. It's in the past. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to hold that against you anymore. And you were forgiven. Uh, That is what the Bible says happens to you and me with God when we believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission, the forgiveness of our sins. Our sins are paid for. The price that Jesus Christ paid for our sins, the shedding of his blood, him becoming our sin on that cross, and being forsaken by the Father and judged for our sins by the Father, the righteousness of Jesus Christ, we receive it when we believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ. 
not when we're baptized in water, but when we believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ. We, for, we receive the remission of sins. In Acts chapter 16, the Bible says, and they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house. Remember the Philippian jailer about to take his own life and Paul and Silas cry out, do thyself no harm for we are all here. And he says, sirs, what must I do to be saved? In other words, what do I need to do to have what you have? These men who'd been singing praises to God and praying to God while they were suffering. What do I need to do to have the joy that you have, to have the salvation that you have, even when you are incarcerated? You, have, you are knowing the salvation of God. What is this? And, uh, and he cries out, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they didn't say, be baptized. They said, believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is what a person does to be saved. In 1 Corinthians 1, the Bible says this, For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. That's how a person is saved. When a person believes. When a person puts their faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone. God, I've made a mess out of my life. But I believe that you can save me. We may not fully understand how God's going to do that. God, I don't know what you would do with a person like me. I haven't been able to save myself. My parents haven't been able to save me. My friends haven't been able to save me. But God, I need to be saved and you can save me, and I am tr I'm putting my trust and my hope in you alone to save me. That is believing upon the Lord Jesus Christ. So what is the one thing that a person must do in order to be saved and to have eternal life? The answer is believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Faith alone is necessary for salvation. Now, water baptism is very, very important. It, it's, it's an important act of obedience, and it's an important picture that describes and pictures for all of us our salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. But water baptism does not save. It has never saved anybody. Baptism is not something that a person does to be saved. Baptism is something that a saved person does. Because the Lord has saved me, because he has loved me, because he has delivered me from my sins, because he died in my place and was buried for me and taking my sins away and because he rose that third day and because he commands me to be baptized, I want to be baptized. So water baptism is only for those people who have a saving relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. If a person's sins have not been forgiven by God, if that person has not been cleansed by God spiritually, then he should not be baptized. Now, when I say that, some of us say, well, I'm not sure my sins have been cleansed because I still sin. When, you're, when you are, when you were trusted Christ as your personal Savior and you were born again by the Spirit of God, the, an exchange took place. God gave to you the righteousness of Jesus Christ. You say, yes, okay, Pastor Ferguson, I understand the Bible teaches that, but Pastor Ferguson, I've sinned this week. Yes, your flesh is still wicked. That's why it has to be put off and can never enter heaven's gates. 
until, and you'll be given, a, he'll make this body anew, okay? Um, but, but positionally, you are in Christ, and you have his righteousness as your righteousness. Does, do any, does any one of us in this room deserve the righteousness of Jesus Christ? No. And in exchange, we receive the righteousness of Jesus Christ when we believed upon the Lord. And in exchange for, for Christ's righteousness, he took our sin away from us. And in other words, it's no longer on the ledger under our name. Let's see here. Seth Ferguson, yes, right here. You are whoa. A sin debt you can never pay. That's who I used to be. And if I had not believed upon the Lord Jesus Christ, Seth Ferguson, wow, or every sin and hell is a long time of agony and suffering, paying the price for every sin, eternal separation from God, eternal death. But when I believed as a young boy upon the Lord Jesus Christ, God took my sins away. And under my name now would be the righteousness of Jesus Christ because I am in Christ. And Jesus Christ took all of Seth Ferguson's sins. Now, when Jesus Christ died, I hadn't been born yet. But Jesus Christ took all of Seth Ferguson's sins upon his body on that cross, and he paid the price for every single one of those sins. And some of those sins I remember. And some of those sins caused me embarrassment and shame. Some of those sins, the sins that I've committed, I, I don't remember. I may not even recall them. And God took them all away. All of them away from me. And he took them all away from you as well. So I want to ask this question. <clears throat> Should infants be baptized? Now, we, we've just seen that to, for a person to be saved, they need to believe, right? It's not about getting wet in a, in a baptismal tank or in a river or in a pond. Um, that doesn't save a person. Be, to be saved requires that a person believe upon Lord Jesus Christ. So should an infant uh, or a baby be baptized? Why, why, would, what, why, would it be, why would it make sense to so many for an infant to be baptized? And I think some religions teach it, so that would, that would lead people to do it. But if a person believes that water baptism, <clears throat> I'm using that term very loosely for a moment, sprinkling, pouring, if they believe that that, by that, a, a baby can be saved, then who wouldn't want their baby to be saved, right? So that would, that would make sense. The problem is the Bible doesn't teach that. Remember, salvation from death and hell, salvation from sin today is not by biblical even water baptism immersion. And it is certainly not by sprinkling, and it is certainly not by pouring. So should an infant... Um, should an infant be, be sprinkled or be poured upon and certainly not immersed? <clears throat> um, what does the Bible tell us about infant baptism? Well, according to Acts chapter 8, and you're still there, look back at verse number 36 again, would you? 
Um, a person should only be baptized, immersed in water, if they do what? If With all their heart. Can an infant believe upon the Lord with all their heart? Yes or no? No. So for, for that reason alone, we, are, we ought not be baptizing infants in water in any particular way. Babies are not able to believe upon the Lord with all their heart. In the New Testament, water baptism is always for those who have believed upon the Lord Jesus Christ. A baby is too young to understand that they are a sinner. A baby is too young to understand who Jesus Christ really is and what Jesus did for them on the cross. A baby is too young to believe. And because of this, there is no biblical example of a baby being baptized found anywhere in the New Testament. So I'll ask this question and we'll answer it and we'll be done this morning. Why should a believer be baptized? I mean, isn't this a little unusual? Um, I don't think Ryan or Olivia are the kind of people who go around looking for the limelight. Hey, everybody, look at me. I have known Ryan for a while. That's not how Ryan rolls, okay? And it's not how Olivia rolls either. So why, is, I mean, are, are they doing this for attention? Is that why they're doing this? Is that why a, a person should be baptized? You know, I'm, I like to be up in front of people, so I'll, I'd like to be baptized. No, no, that's not it at all. Um, this is a little unusual. <clears throat> Ryan, when's the last time in front of a, a, a couple hundred people, you said, I want to do something to get everyone watching me. You know, can't really remember a time, let alone, hey, dad, let's go out somewhere and, and immerse me in water. I mean, that's a little unusual. You know, why do we do this? Why should a, why should a person who believes upon the Lord Jesus Christ want to be baptized? Well, I'll give you three thoughts. Number one, every believer should be baptized to obey the Lord's commandment. I, I didn't ask you or Olivia um, this particular question, but being baptized, why, why would I want to do that? And the answer is I want to obey the Lord. I want to obey the Lord. He, he's told me to do it. In Matthew 28, verse 19, we see that baptism is something that Jesus Christ has told us to do. We're actually commanded to baptize, baptize people. In Acts chapter 10, the apostle Peter preached the gospel message to a group of Gentiles. You're close by. Look over there. Acts chapter 10. Look at verse 48. And these Gentiles believed the message which Peter was preaching <clears throat> And in Acts chapter 10 and verse 48, we learn that he, Peter, commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Isn't that interesting? Peter's preaching the gospel. He's preaching to these people and he tells them, you need to be baptized in the name of the Lord. He commands them to be baptized. And maybe you're here this morning and you say, you know, Pastor, I'm not, I'm not the kind of person who likes the limelight. And Pastor, just being frank, I really don't like water. In fact, whenever I go underwater, I always joke, Pastor, I don't swim. You don't have to swim to be baptized. You don't have to like water sports to be baptized. This is not about us. 
This is about the Lord. This is about His command. And as Peter preached this gospel message, he preaches, he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. And Peter did not say, you can be baptized if you want to. But it's something you don't have to do. He didn't say that. No, Peter commanded these believers to be baptized. Baptism is something that every believer should do in obedience to the Lord. And so if this is a command, if the Lord Jesus Christ, he wasn't saying, hey, if you like water, this is one thing you can do. Or if you like to be in front of people, then this is something you should do. No, Jesus said, baptize people. In other words, be baptized. Oh, you know, I don't really like crowds. And I really don't like being wet in front of a bunch of people either. You know, it's one thing to be in front of people. That's nerve-wracking enough. But to be wet in front of a lot of people, what my, what's my hair going to look like, you know? I mean, why, why would I do this? Because the Lord has commanded you to. That's why. So if you've been saved, if the Lord has taken your sins away from you, as far as the east is from the west, if he's taken your sins and buried them in the depths of the deepest sea, if he has given to you the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ because you believed upon him and you are in Christ and you're a new creature in Christ and and you have his righteousness, your sins are taken away. And if you love the Lord, he says, be baptized. Be baptized. Another example of baptism being a command is found in the book of Acts chapter 2. And on the day of Pentecost, Peter spoke to the multitude of Jews and he gave this command. He said, be baptized every one of you. Commands are meant to be obeyed. What command does God give an unsaved person in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 23 where he says, and this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. You see, when a person believes upon the Lord Jesus Christ, that person is saved. And then God has another important command for that for believers, and that command is be baptized. Follow me in water baptism. Be immersed. In Acts chapter 2, look there with me if you would. Acts chapter 2. And look at verse 37. Acts chapter 2 and verse 37 It says there, now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? And then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you. So you see repentance, that would be from unbelief to belief. And then he says, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Did these new believers obey the command to be baptized? Well, look at verse 41. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. I've stood in this, the location where they believe this took place. Because can you imagine baptizing 3,000 people? Can you imagine 3,000 people trusting Christ as their personal Savior, repenting of their unbelief? the rejection of Christ, and and believing upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Now they're saved, and Peter says, be baptized. I mean, where do you go? This tank is not going to hold up to 3,000 people, one right after the other. And we're not going to make lunch, I can tell you that. You know, if 3,000 people are going to be baptized. And it's interesting, in this one particular part off the... uh, 
in Jerusalem, there are, they're excavating and they're finding all of these baptismal pools. And, and for, a, for a Jewish person to enter into the temple complex, and you remember at that time, during Jesus' life, and even after his death, burial, and resurrection, the temple was still in full swing, um, uh, going through the motions after his resurrection. And for them to enter into the Temple Mount, they had to be cleansed, ceremonially cleansed, and they had to be baptized. And so they would have baptismal tanks, like dozens and dozens of them. And they would have uh, hewn out of the stone steps going down into the tank. And you would walk down into the tank, men with men, women with women, and you would go down into the tank, and the water would, you'd be immersed in water, and there were steps coming up out the other side. Well, that's what they were intended for. And many scholars believe that's where this took place because they could use them to baptize all of these believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. But this is a command. And we see in Acts chapter 2, they're commanded, be baptized. And these who be- those who believed upon the Lord Jesus Christ, they obeyed him and they were baptized. I'll give you another reason why a person, why a believer should be baptized. Not only because it, God commands it, but secondly, because it presents a picture. It presents a picture. Baptism, water baptism, has a very important message that God wants us to remember. Those who are saved are in Christ. When these two young people, and they won't be in the baptismal tank at the same time, but when each one, when Ryan steps into the tank, he steps into the water, the water pictures Christ, and he is in Christ. He's in the water. It's in Christ, and the water is all around him. And it reminds you and me, who are saved, that we are in Christ. Most of us are not going to be get wet today, okay? Most of us are not being baptized today, but many of us here this morning are in Christ. He, we are in his righteousness. We have enjoyed his forgiveness. We enjoy his forgiveness today because we are in, we are in Christ. Look over to Romans chapter 6, would you? Acts, Romans, again, not too far away, Romans chapter 6. Water baptism is a picture of what happened to us the day that we were saved. And the very moment a person is saved, that person is baptized into Christ. Now in Romans 6, the word baptism, which means immersion, shows up many times. But he's not talking about water baptism. He's talking about our spiritual relationship or fellowship with the Lord. Look in Romans chapter 6 and verse 3. He says, Know ye not? that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ, don't you know that so many of us as were immersed into Jesus Christ were immersed into his death? This is a great question. Do you know that you died? I did have a conversation with a young person recently about this, and they said, I'm alive. (laughs) I said, I know that. But you know that you can't be alive in Christ if you haven't already died in Christ. You're like, oh, I'm having a brain freeze. Okay, this is a spiritual truth. Water baptism pictures this for us because it's kind of hard to understand. It's kind of hard to grip. And he says that, don't you know, that so many of us, as we're immersed into Christ, we're saved. 
were baptized, immersed into his death. Verse 4, therefore, we are buried with him by baptism, by immersion into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. You see, I can't walk in newness of life if the old Seth is still alive. I had to, we, we often talk about the resurrection of Christ and the life that we have in Christ because we have been raised with Christ in newness of life. We've been raised from the dead. Well, you can't be raised from the dead if you haven't died. So in Christ, in that Christ died, I died. Paul talked about this in Galatians chapter 2. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This is a truth that the Apostle Paul understood. I, When Christ died, I died. And when he rose again, and when I believed upon him, I came to life. Life that I never had before. You see, a person is either saved or unsaved. A person is either in Christ and saved, or they are outside of Christ and they are unsaved. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. You see, when a person believes upon Christ, God does a wonderful thing. God baptizes him, immerses that person into Jesus Christ. Every true believer is totally identified with Jesus Christ. Sometimes people joke with me and they'll ask me, how many times, Pastor Ferguson, have you been pulled over and how many times have you had, you, have, have you had to use the I'm a chaplain card? But it, it's funny that, that some of you see it that way because you know that I am identified by the police officers as one of them to a degree. And they identify each other as one of them to a degree. And if you're not... One of them, the chances of getting out of that uh, law infraction are less likely, aren't they? And the answer to that question is none up to now. So I'm just going to, don't, don't expect me to update you on that number. <laughs> the question is not, are you considered to be part of the law enforcement community? The question that today is, are you in Christ? Because if you're in Christ, your sins have been taken away. If you're in Christ, you have the righteousness of God in Christ, in you. So the believer is completely identified with Jesus Christ in his death and his burial and his resurrection. Water baptism is meant to picture this wonderful identification, this unity that a believer has with his Savior because he is in Christ. So when these two young people step down into the water this morning... It's the, the, the picture. You're looking at it and you're seeing Ryan is in Christ. His sins are forgiven. Christ lives in him. Ryan has been given the righteousness of Jesus Christ. He doesn't have to fear death or hell anymore. God has taken his sins away. And, and as, as, as uh, Ryan and Olivia step down in the water, you can look at them and your hearts ought to rejoice because there are two young people who are saying, you know what, I'm going to overcome my personal fear of getting up in front of a lot of people and, and getting uh, submersed in water in front of a couple hundred people. They're getting over that. Why? Because they want, Because pleasing the Lord Jesus Christ is more important to them than their fears. 
Because obeying the Lord is more important to them than other things in their lives. This is a big deal. And for those of us who sit here and watch it, we were baptized 30 years ago. We're reminded, do I still have the desire in me right now because of my love for the Lord and his love for me to obey him today like I did on that day when I did so publicly in front of all those people? And that is the third reason why a person should be baptized, not only to obey God's command and to present a picture, but also to show that they are willing to follow Jesus Christ. Would you turn to Luke 9 in your Bibles? And I'm going to meet you there. Can you listen as you turn? Are you willing to follow Jesus Christ? Are you willing to identify with him? I'm often reminded, reminded of Peter. Remember Peter? He denied Jesus three times. They said, you're one of his disciples. He said, no, I'm not. No, 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 you are. You are one of his disciples. No, I'm not. You are. You were there. And then, no, I don't know the man. It's almost like I've never met him. I don't know who he is. I want, don't, don't you dare put me and Jesus in the same relationship. I don't know him. I mean, that is, well, well, baptism is the opposite of that. Baptism is, I'm one of his followers. I'm one of his followers. It doesn't matter what you think of me. I'm one of his followers. He died for me. I was a sinner. I deserve death and hell. And I want you to know, I want all of you to know, that I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. That's what baptism is. It's a public expression of love for the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to know that I believe that he is the Christ, the son of the living God. I want you to know he's taken my sins away. I want you to know that I want to live for him. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Water baptism reminds us that we have been bought at a great price. First Corinthians 6 says this, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own, for ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. In 1 Peter 1, the Bible says, For as much as ye know that you are not redeemed, you are not bought with corruptible things as silver and gold, from your empty, vain conversation, the way you lived your life, received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Water baptism is for those who are followers of Jesus Christ. I ask you to turn to Luke. Look there, Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9, look at verse 22. The Bible says in verse 22, saying, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be slain and be raised the third day. Verse 23, Jesus says, And he said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. For what is a man advantaged if he gain the whole world and lose himself or be cast away? For whosoever shall be ashamed of me and of my words, 
of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he shall come in his own glory and in his Father's and of the holy angels. In verse 23 of that passage, Jesus says, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. That is, let him say no to himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Following Christ involves two things. One, it requires a desire. In that passage, Jesus said, if any man will come after me. It's a desire. It's an act of the will. Baptism fits into that. I want to follow the Lord. I don't always do it. I stumble and fall. A just man falls seven times and rises up again. But I want to follow the Lord. Following Jesus is an act of the will, and it also requires a decision, a decision, a daily decision. He says that we're to say no to self, and we're to say yes to the Savior. We're to deny self. We're to deny what I feel like. And that's why disciplines are so good. Fasting gets to this, gets to this, the, the heart of the matter. I want to eat, but I want what is spiritual more than I want what is physical. We live in a world today where it is, it is so much about, and this is not new and just about today either, but, but this is our human nature. It's all about me. It's what I want. It's what I want it. It's what I want to do. And eating is a good thing. But Jesus says fast and pray. Because it's, there needs to be this exercise where I am willing to say no to something that I think I need because there is something that is more valuable that I need. More valuable than this. When the early Christians were baptized, they were identifying themselves as followers of Jesus Christ. And oftentimes for them, it meant they were hated. Oftentimes when they were baptized publicly, it meant word got out. And, and they, when they got home, they found out with their parents or relatives, you got baptized? You, you had the baptism of Christ today? Yes, yes, Dad, I did. Get out of my house. I don't ever want to see you again. Get out of my house. Now, that's not going to happen to Olivia. We'll rejoice. That's not going to happen in the Ashley family. That family will rejoice because their son, their grandson is obeying the Lord. But many believers throughout human history, for them to identify with Jesus Christ and say, I'm a believer in him. I'm a, I'm a believer in the, the Nazarene. I'm a believer in Jesus Christ, the Messiah. I'm a believer in him. It meant get out of my house and don't ever come back again. And they still chose to follow the Lord Jesus Christ in believers' baptism. So the question is, are you saved? Have you believed upon the Lord Jesus Christ? And if you are, have you followed Jesus in believer's baptism? And maybe there's some here and you've been all about following yourself. You've been thankful for the fire insurance. That is, you don't have to worry about death and hell because you believed upon Jesus Christ, but you have not yet followed him in believer's baptism. You've been holding back in your obedience from the Lord. Maybe today the Spirit of God has stirred in your heart and your attitude and your heart has changed. The Spirit of God has softened your stiff neck and your hard heart. Maybe this morning you want to say, Pastor Ferguson, you know what? I'm tired of following, chasing after everything that I've ever wanted. It always changes. It's always something new. It leads to nothing but more covetousness. I want to follow and obey my Lord and my Savior, Jesus Christ. And if that's you, make a decision today. I'm going to follow him in believer's baptism. I'm going to ask Pastor Toman if you'd come. 
and before he does, would you bow your heads and close your eyes for just a few moments? And as you do, uh, Olivia and Ryan, would you come and get ready for baptism? How many of you would, would say with a lifted hand, Pastor Ferguson, I know that I'm saved because I have believed upon the Lord Jesus Christ for the salvation of my soul. He has taken my sins away because I believed upon him. If that's you, would you raise your hand this morning that I could see it? Pastor Ferguson, I'm saved. I know that. Many hands. Thank you. May put them down. Maybe you're here this morning. You say, Pastor Ferguson, I've never put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. I've never trusted him as my personal savior. Pastor Ferguson, would you pray for me? I need to be saved. I need to be saved. Is there anyone like that at all in this room this morning? Pastor, would you pray for me? I need to be saved. I'm not. So to believers, I speak for just a moment. Have you followed Christ in believers' baptism? Is there anyone here who would say, Pastor Ferguson, I haven't been baptized. I'm, I'm a believer, but I've never been baptized biblically. And God is speaking to my heart this morning about my need to do that. Is there anyone like that this morning who say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I want to be baptized. And not this morning, but I want to be baptized. I want to follow Christ in believers' baptism. Anyone like that at all? Would you raise your hand and say, would you pray for me? Yes, sir. I see that hand. Another, another hand there. Amen. Praise the Lord. You may put those hands down. Anybody else? Say, Pastor, pray for me. I need to be baptized. And I want to do that. To believers who have been baptized, are you still joyfully identifying with Jesus and obeying his commands? And it's not baptism, but it's other things in your life. Are you obeying him? Are you following his leading? If you're not, if there's sin in your life, confess it. Let him cleanse you, make you clean again. Leave this place this morning right with God, your fellowship with him as it ought to be. Father, I pray as we sing this hymn, have thine own way. May it be sung from our hearts. May it be sung with anticipation for these two young people who have overcome some fears, who have waited but who are obeying your command. May our hearts rejoice in the obedience of our brothers and sister, our brother and sister in Christ this morning. And for these who want to be baptized, who want to obey you, may you give them courage as you have many other of your children throughout church history, and may they follow through on their decision. I pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.